I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, it's hour number three. Barton Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. Get the calls stacked, racked, ready to go. 800-919-3776 at Barton Han, Twitter, Instagram as well. And uh, trying to get Rex Ryan here. He usually joins us, but we'll see if we can get him. Um, in the meantime, Bart. In the meantime, Bart. Hello. Aha. Aha. Okay, there you are. Uh, it's hour number three. It's Barton Hansen. What does that mean? It's the power hour, 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 man. Hour, hour, hour. I love the power hour, hour. Sour hour. Sour hour, power hour. And how about this? So remember what we said about Gene Carlston, how – the guy gets hurt a lot. Even Brian Cashman went too far with it as well. Well, you know he's going to get hurt. Like him dropping that, like that was rough. But I said, like, this guy can still contribute to this. He's a he's a great hitter. He just gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, why does he get hurt? Because he can't run the bases. But like everybody cringes. What kind of athlete can you be if the whole team just everybody gra- gasps because you're running? Like so. It's like you don't have to be Johnny Jacked. Just slim down, get more flexible. That is very possible to do. Just take this off season, take it serious, and just instead of being a bodybuilder, be an athlete. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so a picture has surfaced of him where he looks really, really slim down. It's him uh, and a kid, and they're at some. He's at a facility, and he's just. But he is. He looks terrific as far as slimmed down. He's always looked like he's always looked like an Adonis, but anyways, clearly he's putting an effort into trying to maybe tighten up, change, uh, yeah. not tighten up, but more like get more flexible, more athletic, whatever it is. We'll see. So that's a good sign. At least maybe he's acknowledging it as well that it's time for me to stop trying to you know smash a baseball and just hit it, but also be able to do other things like run and catch. So he does this, and that's nice, and he puts it out on social. Jonathan Papelbon, remember him? Mm-hmm. The Red Sox closure, right? He's got a lot to say all the time. So uh, he adds uh, the Barstool guys with the picture and says, I'm putting a million-dollar bet on the under of total home runs for, and then he says, Mike, and then in parentheses, Giancarlo Stanton. Because remember, he came in as Mike, and then he said, no, actually, my name is Giancarlo, right? right. So he has to make sure to say Mike, so there's trolling going on there. So anyway, taking the under for home runs when the season starts. And then he says, hashtag easy money. First of all, D-nozzle job here by Papelbon. Not surprising, but just that kind of thing is always mm-hmm. a look at me and let me at somebody so that more people can get involved in it so more people can look at me for just doing D-nozzle things. But even if, and I'll ask this question, if, let's say... What would you over under 30 home runs, right? You want to do 29 and a half? 
All right. Can, man, come on. No, I'm just saying, let, let's set the over-under. Yeah. Set the over-under at 29 and a half. Over 30. Now you got protection, Judge, if he stays semi-healthy. Well, he kills in, 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 he kills in Boston. Come on. But man. what if the you know his ability to hit it, you know, 115 miles an hour, a, a, you know, a, a country mile, is diminished because he doesn't have the same power, bro. Because he's, you know, cut down and become a little more muscle, like flexible. Muscle, muscle, muscle don't mean power. Power is elasticity, pliability. Oh, okay, go ahead. Right, it's like it's about like when you look at boxing, right? It's not the guys with the big bulky muscles that knock people out. It's the guys with the long, um, long, pliable muscles like a whip. Look at guys like Tommy Hearns. Look at Kelly Pavlik, the ghost. Dude, ain't got no damn muscles. They, 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 they hit you. Muscles tighten up. Muscles get tight. It's about that whip. It's about being able to have that, that, that speed, that arm speed, mm-hmm. right, that bat speed. And that comes with elasticity, not power and muscle. Come on, man, get a clue. Half the people talking aren't real athletes, aren't athletes. They don't know what athletes train for. I can put my hands, my palms on the ground. I can damn near do the splits. And most of my teammates could do the same. That's what we work on. That's why when you go to the gym and you ever see an athlete and somebody asks you how much they bench, they laugh at you. Because if that's the case, Brock Lesnar would have been a great football player. Brian remember he Bosworth. tried out he, he tried out five times remember right. Brock yes. Lesnar the guy you see that's a tremendous MMA fighter wrestler mm-hmm. all that put on some pads and he got his ass kicked cause it ain't about muscles that's why I laugh at guys when they ask me how much I bench you that's what I bench <laughs> whatever you weigh that's what I throw up in the ground and toy with like a little toy <laughs> you that's exactly what I bench how much you want to see you want to find out Stand in front of me. I bet you I can stand in front of you, move out the way with slight, subtle movements, and throw you on your neck. How much? How much you weigh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. Yeah, I do that easy. I can do that about eighty times. This is how many plays we have in the game. I wear your ass out. It's just, I used to. I, I, it's one of the biggest pet peeve of mine. Guys ask me how much I squat on our bench. This ain't bodybuilding, son. This athletics. First, first word in athletes is act. <laughs> leap, baby. <laughs> Not muscle leap. You really had me until the, that part. The, the first no, at, word in you gotta get at me. is You got to get at me. You got to get at me. <laughs> no, but at. you really had me. But I more. love that. I love that explanation. This is a great explanation because we did. And when we and that was a problem in baseball. You know, again, when it started with the whole steroid era is we see these Bunyan-esque type people and we think, oh, you must be able to hit it a ton. And then you realize that does the extra muscle help? Back speed. It does, but if you don't right, if you don't have all that other stuff, what good is the extra muscle? With Stanton, you know, like Barry Bonds could always hit the ball. And he could right. always hit it far. But what speed. he did by adding all the muscle and everything else was A was more available. B, his later at bats is, you know, again, he never wore down. Right. But also that added power just just gave it a little more juice, no pun yeah. intended. Stanton to me, it went too far to a point where sure, when right. he was healthy, he Lost could hit 30 balance. home runs in his sleep. Yep. But the problem was he breaks down so much, what good is it if you're yeah. not available to your team? Look at Deontay Wilder. 
Dude, 213 pounds. He's uh, one he, of the hardest. He, he, he won the hard 213 pounds yes. in 6'7 and one of the hardest punchers. It's because yeah. it's about elasticity. Tommy Hearns, one of the hardest punchers in, in, in boxing history. Yeah. Skinny. Yes. And I'm letting you know, bro, it's about elasticity and pliability. That's and, all we work, our well, FMS test. How high we get our knees up. Well, how, hopefully then Stanton comes into spring training in a couple of weeks and we see a, a big difference in that aspect because that's what I'm rooting for and I'm sure the Yankees are too. All right, right now let's bring in Rex Ryan who joins us each week. Rex, how we doing? Happy New Year. I'm doing well. How are you guys? And cool. by the way, Stanton, yeah, I, come on, you can't be made of glass. Paid all that damn money. Get in shape. The, the older you get, the better shape you better be in. And losing weight and all that is part of it. But doing, you know, the, the movements of body and, and all that type of stuff, your core and things, that, that's important. So come on, Stan, let, let's, let's show up and be a pro and kick some ass. And it looks like he has been. Sorry. Rex, have you ever had a player that was like, you know, looked like could stand there and look like an absolute Adonis, like a statue, but yet Run, couldn't run, move? Run, running Golston? I'll like just couldn't physically wasn't Vernon athletic Golson. enough because he was too Vernon, tight. Vernon, I'll say it for him. Vernon oh, okay. Golson looked like the thing that with the rock that the man chiseling his body out with the thing. That's what Vernon Golson looked like. Vernon Golson picked me up by my elbows. I said, if you ever touch me like that again, I'm gonna <laughs> kick your ass. Do ever manhandle me in front of me? Pick me up by my elbows. Like he picked me up by my elbows, and moved me to the side. Dude looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He could he could have become he could have become Mr. Arnold if he trained for two weeks. Couldn't bust a grape in a fruit That's- fight. Yeah, I, I you know it's so funny because you're right, and he was a great kid too, by the way. Great Detroit, great guy. kid, but he just, you know, the old built like Tarzan. But, mm. but it is it is true, like mobility and and things, and he, he could run straight line, but change direction, all those type of uh, things are important. And in baseball, mobility is one of those things that is underrated. Um, but you you have to be able to move, and the fact that Stanton. You know, he's your DH. Like, man, it's a lot of damn money just to be paying a DH. Right. You know, and, so. And you've cringed when he runs. And, and how the hell you get hurt? I know. You know you're, on the, you're on the bench, and then all of a sudden you're going to, you know, go get your four at-bats. Like, come on. You, like, you know, you, <laughs> and you can't be a liability on the base pass. Yeah. He, like, he, so he that, put a that to me, it's, it's about being professional, you know, and, and, don't be the weak link when you're making how much, how many million a year? Like that, that's mm-hmm. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll, in a year, and as GM called him out, so like I said, we'll, we'll see how, how he shows up. Day, Rex. Uh, people are always upset at me. I don't know why. Listen, why they get mad? Mad at the truth tellers? And but think Bar, I'm, Bar like, went I'm viral again on Get Up. Just so you know. But I don't know why they why people think I just say stuff to say stuff. I like I'm legitimate. Like. Do you want to play it for Rex? You want to play? Sure, Rex, sure, I don't know. Sure, did you did, did you get to watch Get Up this morning? No, play play it for Rex. Play it for Rex. No. Okay. All right. I'm going to play it for you. So so the the question that was asked of Bart was, do the Cowboys have the best quarterback in the NFC? Meaning Dak Prescott. This was Bart's response. No, I don't think they have the best quarterback. No? I, think, I think I think they have the best quarterback with the best team. Okay. Matthew Stafford, by far, in my opinion, is the best quarterback. Matthew Stafford, by far, is the best yeah, quarterback. Yeah. Matthew in the Stafford's NFC. proven that he has what it takes 
to win in the playoffs. Like, you talk about a team playing with house money. The scariest team in this playoffs from that side, to me, is Matthew Stafford because they can run the football and they can play defense. They have a superstar that when you need a play, Look at they can one. get a play. And that's a guy like Aaron Donald. Aww. When you need a stop, he's a guy that can wreck a game. And right now, you talk about Cooper Cup, you talk about Puka Nakua, they can put up points with the best of them, just ask the Baltimore Ravens. Nobody want to see them. So when you think about it, you know, Tampa – will play Philadelphia Eagles. That's a much easier matchup. If the Rams go to Dallas, that could be upset. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I get where Bart's coming from. I mean, Matthew Stafford from a skill set is is phenomenal. Um, I don't think their defense is that good, the Rams' defense. I, I think when they go play, when the Rams go play Detroit, play the over, and I don't care what the points is. Because they're not going to stop Detroit. I don't think the Rams will stop Detroit. And I'm not so sure Detroit can stop the Rams. No, but Rex, um, the, question, the question was, what's, who's the best quarterback? Matthew Stafford's the only one out of that list, whether it's Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, that we know is going to be a Hall of Famer. And he, it's not like he's a Hall of Famer and he's Tom Brady in his last years. He's still got a lot of juice left. So when you ask me who's the best quarterback, like if I got to defend somebody, I'm saying Matthew Stafford – it's the one that I feel can give the, the most problems. I'm not talking about his supporting cast. I'm talking about just skill set. Who's the best quarterback? Well, I think skill set Stafford is. But I think when you're looking at numbers and everything else, the two guys that, that are having a better year, Dak Prescott's having an amazing year, especially at home. Mm-hmm. So when you take Dak Prescott's uh, numbers at home, I think it's like 24 interceptions or touchdowns with maybe two or three interceptions. His numbers are off the chart at home. And unfortunately, that's where they're playing this game because Decker supposedly never reported. It's full, Mm -hmm. you know what. But the other guy is Brock Purdy. People forget he still leads the damn league in um, QBR. So he's played pretty well there with San Francisco. All these guys right now are, are, you know, they're all pretty good. I don't disagree with you on Stafford could be the most dangerous right now. Um, But to me, it's because of those guys, because of those receivers, because of that running game. Um, But again, I I think Detroit's the team that that, uh, people are sleeping on. Uh, I think they're the team that is going to make some noise. That that's going to be, and you can imagine too, if it's Rams, right? But we talked about that. If Stafford goes to Detroit to play a playoff game, my dad would be like, "Man, really?" <laughs> that would be a well, that's a must-watch situation. But Rex, uh, let's unfortunately that the local teams are not going to the playoffs. And I have a question for you from a coaching perspective. That I know it's not easy because you're you're all about today, and I got a game today. I want to win today, right? And I understand that part of it. But can I make a case to you? That if you were coaching the Jets, that I would come to you as the general manager and say, listen, I know it's the Patriots. I get that there's a streak going on. But you know what 2024 started for us? It started for us last week. And that means week one matters more than week 18. I don't want Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall playing. I don't want them getting hurt. I want them to have a full off season with no issues because we got to be ready for week one. Would you tell me I'm crazy and kick me out of your office or would you understand where I was coming from? I make dang sure that I heard it from Woody Johnson and not the GM. <laughs> Fair so enough. If Woody doesn't want to play him, I'm not playing him. But if Woody, 
But if a GM told me that, I'd say go fly a kite. <laughs> so, um, but if the, if you know, is that loser talk? Said, hey, is that loser talk? Is I'm that not. what you tell me? Is that loser talk? Is that am I am I playing scared? Like, be honest with me. Like, is that is that yeah, is that soft? Yeah. Uh, I mean, no. here's the thing, guys. There's no way in hell those kids are not going to play in this game. No way in hell. And number one, it's a team that has beat you 15 straight times. All right, you need to send a message. You know, if my I would take the exact opposite approach. My approach is we're starting this season right freaking now. We're beating the hell out of this football team that's beat us 15 times in a row. This is the worst freaking Patriot team they've ever had. And if you don't beat them, your ass is going to get beat next year. So start by beating this team right now. There's no reason we, we're going to send a message that we never have to get beat by you ever again. That's the message I'm going to send. That's the message my football team's going to send with their pads. No way in hell am I sitting to any of those guys. This is an important game. And I, I'm sending that team out there, hey, you know, hit the road. We're a way better football team than you. And, we, and no way, we're not going to get beat again by this team, this sorry-ass team. No way. No way. You know, a, another crazy scenario, right, is – you know, the Baltimore Ravens have everything locked up and they can rest their players and they probably will, but they must believe that, you know, I don't believe in these Pittsburgh Steelers, but I don't want to let them in the playoffs because you know how divisional matchups go. And that same scenario is true with Miami that I believe that they don't want to have to see Buffalo. So if you can bury somebody within your division and not allow them to get in the postseason, you do that. You know, what, what would you do, one, if you were, if you were hardball um, as far as trying to make sure that you can solidify that you don't have to see the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs? And also on the other side, you know, how important is it with Miami making sure that they go all out, even if they have to put some guys at risk to make sure that they don't have to see Buffalo because you know Buffalo can beat you. And if they win, you're going to be going to Orchard Park. Yeah, I think that's a big one right there. You know, number one, you you got to fight fight your your butt off to win that game if you're Miami. You want the two seed. You don't want to be the fifth seed or the four seed, whatever. You 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 want you want to be the two seed. You want to win the division. So that one's out of the conversation. Every single team, you're gunning like crazy for that one. Baltimore, on the other hand, is a little different. All right, I think Harbaugh's probably gonna he's gonna sit Lamar right. Okay, so they're not going to play Lamar. And this reminds me of a situation we had it with the Jets where I was going to sit some starters and all that. The league told me, said, no, they want, they want our guys playing. We did. We, we played Sanchez. We played whatever. We ran the ball every time in the first quarter of that game. Sanchez was out there. He's handing off. And we won. And we're up 14 nothing. by the way. Um, Brad Smith went off. But <laughs> – you know, so but either way, we ran the ball every single play in the first quarter, every single one. If, if, you, if you're then we Raven, started getting guys out. If, if you're but Raven, this you, is what you do. But but if you're Baltimore, instead of doing that with Lamar, they're like, we're going to play Huntley, and we're going to be we're going to still be able to throw the football. But here's the thing: you are going to play your players, and here's why. Number one, in the National Football League, it's not like college football. You don't have a hundred players. All right, so you got really good players. Starters are playing in that game. 
and they call it a meaningless game. There's no such thing, number one. But how, why is it fair that this player plays and Bart Scott doesn't play? I don't get that. We're all going to play. All right, I'm surprised he didn't have Lamar out there, but I get it because they're going to be able to throw the football in the first quarter, okay? But Lamar's not, but everybody else is playing. Then as the game goes on, we start picking a player out and a player out and a player out and a player out. And that makes everybody prepare for the game. You're, you're going to be rested for two for another week anyway. But that's better for team. That's better for morale. That's better for everything. All right? You don't need to sit back there and wholesale change. All of these players are not playing. Well, what's it, what's it tell the player that is playing? That he he's not worth as much as this player, as Kyle Hamilton or whatever? Now, I get it. If there's guys that are injured that – or maybe, you know, questionable to play, maybe those are the guys we sit because they'll benefit from having another week off. I get that. But if everything's the same and everybody's healthy, I'm playing everybody. You know, it's just crazy, a scenario that the, that the Ravens can be the most feared team in AFC but get swept by Pittsburgh. You know, it's like one of those things you just don't feel good. It just leaves a sour taste in your mouth and potentially letting them in to the playoffs. Like, it's like as many times they stepped on our throat you got an opportunity to end their season. And, you know, so it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of one of those crazy things that you have to consider. But I understand you, you'd much rather win the war than win a battle. Well, that's exactly right. And remember when Indianapolis was undefeated, they played us and they were playing their starters the whole game. And then at halftime, they came out with yep. the first series. Peyton scored on us, and then they kicked off to us, and they never put them back in. And we ended up beating them by like 14. All right. When we were with the Jets. Yep. They oh, let us. Awesome too. They, they supposedly let us in. We met them in the AFC championship game at their place. And when we were up by 16 points, did you think that they were hoping that they, they should have played? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm. Like that's, that's something that you don't want to have happen. This is a team. This is one of your. This is your your division rival. You don't want to do any favor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You want to kick their ass any chance you can, every single time out. So don't give them that confidence. Say we've already beat the Ravens twice. You don't want that to happen. Hey Rex, I'm wondering as we go into the last week, uh, last weekend of the regular season, who would you say? Now, you know, coach of the year is something that is, is obviously voted on. But if you were to say, who did the best job in your mind, coaching wise? Because there's a lot of different candidates, I think, when you want to talk about who did the like, you know, best job, most with the with the least, stuff like that. I mean, McVay has taken a team that we didn't know was going to be a playoff team. Stefanski and what he's done with the Browns. I think Dan Campbell's got to get recognized for what Detroit has been. Mike McDaniel and what that offense has looked like. But Domingo Ryan's, I could go through a million names, but you have the eye for this. You tell me, who's done the best job in your mind? It's not even close. It's not even close. It's Dan Campbell who put a, won a division the first time in 30 years. It's not the first time in three years. It's the first time in 30 years. <laughs> Nobody has done a better job than that guy. And so, to me, it's not close. And, look, D'Amico Ryans, 
outstanding job, man. Outstanding job. He's, he's done it. A rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback, you know, and I'm going to tell you how many votes that's going to get him. Same amount of votes it got me. And by the way, we went to a, a championship game and had the number one defense from the 23rd defense. And I guess how many votes I got? Fucking, excuse me, zero. Zero. Yeah, the man that, that should one. get the job is Dan Campbell. He should be coach of the year. End of conversation. First time in 30 years? Give me how, a break. How, how First close time is in 30 years. How close is it between you him know? and Skafanski, though, with, with the 11-5 and five and being able to do that with Joe Flacco and reviving his career? Well, and, and, and you know who should get that credit for that? The guy that really should, Bill the Callahan. defensive coordinator. Oh, okay. Well, Bill Callahan, too. But the defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, came over, and they have a great defense. And, and you know what? And, he, yes, he's done a great job. But give me the guy that won a division the first time in 30 years, I'll mm-hmm. take that guy. Marvin Lewis won it that year. Right in '09, you're talking yeah, about we beat, him twice that year. <laughs> we beat him twice we that beat year. Him out the we, we beat him out. twice. I, I don't think I received a single vote for coach of the year. We went from 23rd in the league in defense to first, and I never received a vote. It was Marvin Lewis. Listen to this. We kicked him out of the playoffs. Listen to this. Out of 50 sports writers and broadcasters, Marvin Lewis got 20 and a half votes, which is stupid. Here's the other names. Listen to this. Here's the other names. Sean Payton, Norv Turner, who was with the Chargers, Jim Caldwell with we put the Colts. Them out. We put them out. Andy Reid when he was at Philadelphia. Ken Wisenhunt, they all got like one vote. You didn't even get one. Somebody gave Ken Wisenhunt a vote, and you didn't get a vote? And we put two of those guys out, out of the playoffs. <laughs> uh, here's the best, though. Here's, yeah. the, here's the best. You'll love this, guys. You'll both love this. We'll leave it on at this. Marvin Lewis, here's the quote, and I'm going to read this right out of the ESPN story. He said, I'm flattered. And then it says, said Lewis, whose seventh season ended with a 24-14 home loss to the Jets in the wild card round. <laughs> Rex, we're we going we to we Reggie Bush that thing. We're about to go back and take it back. We're going we to Reggie Bush it. We're going to go back and say, hey, man, go, give, give me that thing. Get here. Take, take this. You can keep the name plate, son. How about that? Rex, and always we good to take dead last, by the way. We well, were picked dead last in our division that year. Right. So all you did was overcome all of that, but still not enough. And then knocked out the guy who won it. Not uh, one vote. Not one not vote. One. No, but Ken Wisenhunt got one, though. That's all that matters. Hey, Rex, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. All the best. Hey, happy New Year, too. You and happy New Year. Right, bye, guys. Man, I can't believe that. The dude, the dude that won is the dude that we put out, and we beat two two weeks in a row. Not one? Not like and not we put Nor- one? And we, and we put North Turner out. Like, this, like I said, I'm giving you – North Turner had nine votes – I get, I get Sean Payton. Totally get it, right? Norv Turner, nine votes. Jim Caldwell, seven. Andy Reid and Ken Wisenhunt each had one vote. Got the Jets in the playoff. We need a Nobel Peace Prize. What <laughs> 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 the, the hell are you talking about? It's just, uh, it's just awesome. Uh, but you say he sounded like it, it still bothered him. I don't blame him. Still bothered Not him. one? Not one. That that didn't rub salt in the wound, right? Did it? I thought we were. I, I thought it'd be funny to point that out to everybody. Like, did you guys all forget that really did happen? Yeah, man. Anyways, all right. 3776 Of course, we'll get uh, back into the conversation with you. Uh, how about speaking of coaches? Wink Martindale uh, spoke today about mm-hmm. his future with Big Blue. If you're a Giants fan, do you really want to see this guy go? Wait till you hear what he had to say. That's coming up next. Barton Hot ninety eight seven ESPN. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, I got to remind you about Saquon's. I know we got the Wink Martindale stuff, but remember yeah, you told I, me I, to remind you about Saquon. Yes, we're gonna we'll, we'll mention the Saquon stuff momentarily, but Wink Martindale spoke today, so this is more current. So, you know, this is the Giants' defensive coordinator, and Bart, you again, you have the personal relationship with him, but we both like acknowledge this this guy's one of the top in the league, right? Like he's a terrific coordinator, really good. Concerns though about the relationship he and Brian Dable have of, after two uh, seasons together with Dable being more of a, a fiery head coach and the two of them having, at times, conversations where, you know, I guess Wink isn't one that's fiery publicly, but he certainly is behind the scenes. And so can they coexist? So there's a lot of speculation that he might be moving on from the Giants after this season. So he was asked how he views his future. I think the future's bright. If you you ask me how I look at my future, I think that, you know, these are things that you talk about after the season's over with because, you know, he wants to beat Philly and I want to beat Philly. And I just think that, you know, those answers will come later on in the week, you know, as far as, you know, which way we go. I know we got the greatest fans in this league and I know we got the greatest ownership in this league. And, you know, you want to have a winner. You deserve to have a winner. And so whenever you're not winning, how this league works is inevitably you're going to have conversations, tough conversations and you know how that works out is how that's going to work out that's a whole lot of word salad yeah word salad down the road yeah so how about we get more direct do you expect to be back do i expect to be back i don't know why i wouldn't you have those conversations after this last game and you sit back and you can reflect and you know you take the emotion out of it the emotion the grind the stress of preparing every week and you sit back and you know you talk things out say here's where we're at so you know, I think that that's natural in every on every team. Yeah, it feels like they're gonna have a heart to heart, and you know where smoke is fire. Yeah, um, and 
you know, it could be some tough conversations. Like, look, look, man, that's how I do things. Like, and Wink may have some other opportunities to go and, and help a team that has a bad defense. Who knows, you know, what happens when um, Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson gets the job from the Lions and he wants to turn his defense around and he sees what Wink has done in a 3-4 and a 4-3 and say, hey, this guy got versatility in his skill set. I want to, I need to improve, you know, um, I need to improve the defense for the Chargers for us to be able to play. We got a lot of weapons similar to what the Giants have. When you think about Khalil Mack, who has 16 and a half sacks, you think about Bosa on the outside, you think about Derwin James. You know, it, those are similar to what he had here with Thibodeau. And, you know, he doesn't have a dex, sexy Dexy, but, you know, he can he can get it done. You know, reputations follow you in this league and you, you, you get a brand name and Wink is a brand name. And if you're talking about starting over fresh with a rookie coach, like a Ben Johnson, you got a guy like Wink Martindale, who's borderline a head coach himself, has a lot of experience in this league that can put a great staff together. And all Ben Johnson had to worry about is controlling the offense because he knows the defense is there. Then now you have a complete team. Well, the isn't that thing, what, but, but that was supposed to work out with with Dable. That's yeah, how but, it was but, supposed to work yeah, here. Yeah, but the, but the offensive personnel hasn't held up the end of the bargain. Fair. Right, we we know that when you go out this there with year. San Diego, yeah, you know when you go out there with, with the Chargers, they already got that offense figured out. It's the defense that's the Achilles' heel. Right, and if you go out there and you fix that with Wink Martindale, would you like to live in L.A. or would you like to live in in, in New York? Can, you know, it's it's oh. personal preference. It's personal preference. Yeah, but you know they might make him the assistant head coach and give him a bigger bag. Associate and, head coach, right? Yeah, and so so go out there in the same way that we that Rex got on here and and, and, and really uh, illuminated what a great job Jim Schwartz has done. We'll be illuminating the same thing that Wink Martindale is doing. The only difference is they'll be competing for a Super Bowl because they have a, in my opinion, gener- generational talent at Justin with Justin Herbert. Can't say well, that about Daniel Jones. No, you cannot. And then that leaves more question marks there. All right, well, and then so let's continue to get to the heart of the matter. Wink Martindale asked, do things have to change between you and the head coach, Brian Dable? No, I think that it's all football related, you know. So I think that, like I said, they're just we'll have those conversations. Do you believe you guys okay. can still have a healthy working yeah, relationship sure. moving forward? Sure, sure, always can. Always can, and we always have. Well, have. it it does sound like though that he's it trying to say it's not personal, right. but we have a philosophy disagreement about how we go about business and what, how we do things and what we. He said it's football. Like he he was. He made sure to say that, yes, right? Personal. So if that's the case, you know, Bar- I mean, there are sometimes where you just both like look, like look, we we're not, we don't hate we, each we, other, we, but we, we really mix, don't, yeah, we, yeah, we, we don't mix like right, yeah. yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't mix offense right. Offense coordinator and the head coach, and so sometimes defensive coaches and offensive coaches, you have to coexist, but that, your offense coordinator is also the head coach because you yeah. guys have to work, you know, together, like the defense. Uh, schemes and the, some of the things you do and the chances you take is based on what you feel about your offense. So you need cohesion between that, right? They need to, to, to work and complement with each other. And this and stuff does – head coach, it could hurt him. Maybe he's saying, why you keep going to all these cover zeros? Like, man, this is how we do it. That's and, how I do it. And, and you know this stuff also really does rear its ugly head when you lose because yep. as we've seen, and you, you, you know how this goes, when the offense is stumbling and struggling – the guys on defense get mad, and then there's this sort of you versus me kind of situation where my guys are exhausted. Can't you stay out on the field longer? There's right. that stuff. Like then run if the, the ball, offense, run the ball more, run the ball yeah, more. Yeah, oh, you get a lot of that. Give, run at least the ball, give us right. some break. At least give yeah. us some break. You get so much of that stuff and the yelling, and everybody just gets frustrated. So they probably have to get out of this season, decompress, and then figure it out going forward. But 
This, I think, it's I think, not going to be easy to replace this guy. You you can't say, oh, yeah. just get another D.C. This guy came in. He's special from and, Baltimore. And you saw. special there, too. And the Giants got that I, that kind of identity back. Swag and attitude, aggressive. They are a defense ball. franchise. They are defense first, always have been, always will be. And he has brought that back. Now, they haven't been perfect, and they do have their issues and holes on that defense. Mm-hmm. But that's personnel. That is not scheme. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it'd be a mistake if they lose him, but I don't blame him for leaving if he feels like the way Brian does things is not the way I want to do things. And you you think about it as well, like I think it's going to come to opportunities. Do do I have an opportunity that I deem better than this one? Do I have a friend that's about to get a head coaching job that may allow me to say, "You know what? Good I point. know I've been a fox in a foxhole with this guy before." Right, I can go over there. Like, does Rex get a head coaching job? And say, hey, man, hey, Blink, we're friends. We, you know, I mentored you, blah blah. Whatever their relationship is, yeah. or anybody, or anybody like that. You gotta understand, everybody started from somewhere. Well, you're yeah. right though about about uh, uh, Ben Johnson. If he gets the job in in L.A., yeah, the smart thing to do is bring in a guy like that, right? Yeah, you got to bring in a, a guy that's got head coaching experience or, or or caliber. You know, that can be the head coach that can help him through some of those tough decisions that he has to make, game planning, the things that you have to do, speaking to the team. You know, being a head coach in this league is tough. And, you know, especially if you're going to be a guy in the league that's going to be a head coach and a play caller. Let me that's ask a whole you this. Other thing. Let me ask you this. If mm-hmm. you're Dable, and we saw up in Buffalo that, you know, McDermott kind of took over, right? Defense. Yeah. If you know that Leslie Frazier is going to be available and you've already worked with him, do you just, you know, tell yeah, Wink, that, I'm that, going, that, I'm, I, this, I yeah, know he's going to be available. Yeah, that's an easy. Because the feeling is, is that Leslie Frazier isn't on sabbatical. He is. Yeah, he's on. Because Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott took took yeah took took the um, took the playbook, right. took the whistle out of his hand, yeah, and said, so, "Hey, I'm gonna call the defense." And like, yeah, so up, he's done. What the hell, I'm gonna do right. And so that that's that's the whispers out of there. And so if you're Dable and you have that working relationship with him yeah, because you Frazier. were both coordinators, yeah, do you do you know well, I'm bringing him in because he and I kind of we have synergy and the, let let I'm Wink sure. go. I'm sure they've had discussions. Had to, right? Yeah, if you if you got people that's like in your football family, and you know, I'm right. sure they checking in consultation. What do you think? What would you have done here? How do you see our personnel? What do you right. think the strengths are? You know, it's, listen, guys be ear hustling all the time. Everybody always trying to slide in your girl DMs, whether you believe it or not. Not mine. No, if you ain't got no if you ain't got no people sliding in your girl DMs, then you gotta ask what well, you know, why she ain't popping like that. <laughs> Like, am I the only one? Is this shallow Hal? I'm the only one that see a 10? Don't nobody else see a 10? Is this shallow Hal is a great reference. I got a tail, man. Uh, <laughs> 800 3776 I wish people could have seen your face, though, when I said not mine. And you just you just paused and stared at me. For yeah, everybody, a say, everybody say, she protecting you from yourself. <laughs> Who did it? Like, Alan, the you way, can't just. You, man, I'm, coming to your I, I'm coming to your IP address, son. I'm pulling up. Like, uh, baby, baby, I got it. You don't think I get hit on all the time? <laughs> oh, you're a teacher. <laughs> I just thought your student. face was so good. Uh, all right, so coming up, uh, we'll finish with your calls. Uh, again, the, the whole Knicks situation, where they are, what you saw yesterday. Saquon's, man. No, we Saquon, got to go to Saquon. Saquon. Yeah, well, we have till tomorrow as well. But the Saquon stories, I, I don't Damn, know. Today ain't Friday? Oh, God. No, it ain't Friday yet. Almost. I'm so used Listen, I'm convinced that this is, should be our life. You want a work week? You want to take tomorrow off? We'll just no. We took Monday off. It should be a four day work week. Now I just ran into Stephanie, and guess what? She said that she's on the four day work week. She doesn't. That's why we never see her on Fridays. Usually, I'm in here on Fridays. Right. She's so lucky. 
why can't we have that? If everybody's getting that, why can't radio personalities and analysts get a four-day work week? Or why shouldn't a four-day, a five-day work week be considered as overtime? These are real things. They are real things. These are conversations real people that these we streets need to have. Are getting, yeah, people in these real streets are working four days a week. Mm-hmm. I understand. Okay. You got to work five. Yeah, I want to ask you about Saquon. Um, okay. And they want people want to ask us questions too. So 800-993-776. So before we hand it off to the K Show, that's what we will do next. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. So on Saquon, I want you to hear what he said here. Uh, again, he said his future as a giant, he'd love to stay here, but it's out of his control. Mm. Right. And then as he continues, just, just talking about, because remember last year, there was a moment there where it got real icy between him and Joe Shane. So, Saquon, about his future. If they franchise tag me again, I don't know. Obviously, I don't think any player wants to get franchise tag. Sometimes the franchise tag is, you know, a placeholder to be able to work on a deal later. In my case, it wasn't last year. So, yeah, I mean, if I got tagged again, I think I'd give you a better answer. Talk about my emotions in that time if it, if it does happen. Come on, man. Like, why, why are we playing this game? They franchise tag me again. Do you want to go out here and risk getting a – uh, a catastrophic injury where they can, it's just a one year deal and they can cut you after the fact. So stop it, Saquon. Like, if they franchise tag you, it's going to be a problem. And I hope that it was some guarantees and some, some, some languages when he came in and was not a distraction at all and did everything that he was supposed to do. He did. And didn't hold out like Josh Jacobs, didn't hold out like Jonathan Taylor. Came in, reported for duty. It wasn't a distraction one bit to the surprise of everybody in the league. And they didn't franchise tag him. They gave him a deal that basically equates to the franchise tag and gave him a signing bonus early. So if he doesn't, if he does that and that happens, man, shame on the on the Giants, man. If they franchise tag him and that, not just let this guy go and see what the open market can get him without any um, attachments or any franchise tag or. Um, transition tag where a team has to give up compensation. Let this man go where the hell he want to go if y'all don't see him as a long-term solution for y'all. So he, so he'll play – he's playing Sunday, right? So it would be 14 games that he got into. So, you know, he, he missed three games. Um, and believe it or not, you know, last year he played 16. year before that, 13. So he has played. 
right? It was really the one year where he missed a ton of time. Well, but they still can use those three games against you. Well, that was early in the season, and you could argue it derailed the season, right. really, once they lost him. But uh, without belaboring it too much, though, let's just, you know, the idea that, that this could be it for him, that, that Sunday could be his last game as a Giant. No, obviously, you know, that's that's a possibility. A lot of, a lot of that's out of my control. So for me, I kind of just try to keep the main thing the main thing. And like I said, the, the biggest thing is this locker room and this team is going to be completely different next year. So cherish the moments and go out there and try to go off on a high note. It just sounds like he's he's resigned to it, doesn't it? Yeah, he's, like this he's, could be it. Now, should it be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. At this time, if they're going to be rebuilding, who knows if they're going to go out and get a quarterback? Then you're starting over. And I don't want to say, hey, well, if you get a quarterback, what better person to give him than Saquon Barkley? That's not fair to Saquon to start over and try and cater into a quarterback that's going to play triple the time that he has left. He has the opportunity, should get the opportunity to play meaningful football so he can make his fame, his name famous and go out and, and get those championships, much like Corey Dillon did when he left the Cincinnati Bengals and went to the New England Patriots and was able to win. I won maybe two Super Bowls. Let's go to our guy, man, because like he been he been patient. I got an answer for this too. You do? All right. We gotta yeah. keep it we gotta keep it quick though, yep. Reggie. Reggie, go ahead. Ask Bart the question, but you got about thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, I wanna know what would you do if you're the Bears? Or would you would you trade that pick, or would you keep Fields? I'm going to tra- I'm going to uh, you argue with I'm, Greeny I'm going about tra- this. I'm, I'm going to tra- I'm going to trade Fields, and I'm going to get a first round draft pick from Fields from either uh, Tampa Bay or a team like the Atlanta Falcons, and get their 15th pick, and I'm end up with three first round draft picks. I'm going to take Caleb Williams, reset my salary cap, and then I'm not going to be the organization that passed on Patrick Mahomes, C.J. Stroud, and now potentially Caleb Williams which would be seen as three of the dumbest moves ever done because those guys are three generational players and you had three shots at them and you, you didn't hit one. You and, you and Greeny argued about this one, right? He was dead set against it. He felt like you have a quarterback. Why would but you trade Because you got to give him $42 million. And now, right. once again, you're going to be under the pressure to win right now. And this team isn't ready to win right mm-hmm. now. The defense has just stepped up to the level when they made the trade for Montez Sweat. I'm going to use my quarterback and get a first-round draft pick for him and be able to have two young players or three young players in the first round that I can build around. I'll get the quarterback, and then I'll go out, and I'll get two offensive linemen or get a lineman and get a, a receiver and be set. i holler. Okay, show next. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.